podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Spurs Show in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Well, last week's show was a bit of a downer. It was like Yom Kippur. It was thoroughly depressing as we had to pick through the West Ham game. But this week, I think, will be much, much better. Uh, first, we've got three guests who are generally very positive people. So uh, returning a man whose voice has given us many, many Wonderful moments, uh, especially during lockdown, re-watching uh, uh, exciting Tottenham games. Daniel Wynn returns. How are you, Daniel? I'm great, thanks, Mike. How are you? Very good. For those who obviously you can't see, he's. Uh, I'm guessing it's like a sort of home office with some beautiful signed shirts. There's a Dawson one there. There's a sort of Investec. I like that Investec or white kit. Sandro got it um, signed for my birthday one year, and yeah, it's just tremendous. Very, very nice. And also returning the owner of the One Hundred Club, uh, the oldest venue in in London, certainly. We've had many, many great nights there. Jeff Horton returns. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Mike. Thanks for asking us. It's it's lovely to have you back. We'll obviously talk a little bit later about the Hundred Club and the state of affairs for you, and a man who I think has DJed pretty much every Spurs show event we've done at the 100 Club, the wonderful DJ, Dave Edwards, returns. Hi, Dave. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jeff and Daniel. Good to see you all. Lovely to see you. Nice to have you back. Right, well, obviously, on tonight's show, we're going to look back on a, at a good week for Tottenham. Uh, two really good performances against Wolfsburger and then Burnley. Eight goals, none conceded. And it's very, very rarely you can say that in a Tottenham week. And the looking ahead, I think, is... Uh, I know every week is pivotal, but when you look at the league table and how other teams are doing and other teams are playing each other a lot this weekend, these two games coming up, Fulham tomorrow night uh, away and then Palace at home on Sunday night. Uh, but let's start... Uh, Daniel, we'll start with you. Uh, as, as I mentioned at the top of the show last week, we were all really, really down about... Not just the defeat against West Ham, but the manner of the defeat against West Ham. And what I think was so encouraging, that we'll talk about the uh, Burnley game first, was the manner of the win and, and, and the style of football that I think most Spurs fans are hoping that style of football and probably that personnel uh, continues. Agree on both points. Um, it was a game we had to win. And the way we came out, the way we came out all guns blazing... The early goal always helps, but you know there's certain teams where you can sort of turn the style on. And the fact that Burnley liked to defend, we got the early goal. They had to come at us. So, and and when when a team come at us, that just suits us down to the ground. But we made it look so easy. You know, Gareth Bale showing what we know that he can do, just in time for St David's Day as well. And you know, of course, <laughs> you know we beat Burnley five 0 at home last year, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, you know, just one of those teams where it all fell into place for us. And it was great to see. You know, uh, as I said, Bale swaggering around a bit, Toby back at, at the back. Even you know, even even Sanchez played well. You know, he did. You know. Uh, he looks like a Colombian international again. And, you know, it's, well, mind you, there's different views on international footballers if you listen to Roy King at the weekend. But uh, <laughs> it was great to see and, you know, long may continue. You know, we have started seeing glimpses, glimpses of it over the last 
sort of two or three games. Yeah, second half of West Ham, Wolfsburger as well. And Burnley, we just brushed them aside like they weren't even there. I mean, I tweeted, watching Gareth Bale, it was like the Roadrunner cartoon, just running past. And it, beep, beep. Yeah, it was one, one move early on. So let's hope we can carry that on. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, I mean, even on, on to Pochettino near the end as well, there was a real frustrating, whenever we started games slowly, we invariably never really got going, probably didn't win the game. And and going back to that West Ham one, I, I mentioned on the show last week how slow we were and the unhit passes and looked like we were running through treacle. Sunday Burnley, the zip was there, the movement was there. I know there's a lot in the paper this week about Spurs players reportedly moaning that they don't do any kind of attacking exercises and it's all kind of made up well it didn't look like that to me on Sunday I thought the movement uh w- w- was was tremendous fantastic yeah um I, and you got to remember it was only a month ago that Burnley were the first team to win at Liverpool for like three and a half years or whatever it was so you know and any team managed uh by Dyche Sean Dyche are hard to beat my biggest frustration um, this season has been, I don't know why we haven't played like that more often. I'm looking back at the Wolves game away, the Crystal Palace game uh, away, the way we played at home to Chelsea, the way we played at home to Liverpool, awful. Um, and I've got this, I, I, I don't know, but when we went up to Manchester United and we absolutely tore them a new one, we did the same thing at Southampton. Admittedly, we were slightly lucky to go in at Southampton level because they could have been 2-0 up at that time. I thought that would have lit the blue touch paper. But then we played West Ham at home. We conceded those three goals in the last nine minutes. And of those three matches, it seems to me that Jose has chosen that last nine minutes uh, as his sort of blueprint for, you know, right, that's it. We're just going to sit back, sit back. I mean, against Crystal Palace and against Wolves, you could just see a goal was coming. You could just see it against Fulham at home. And I just think if you've got... I was having a conversation with a couple of mates of mine. I said, you know, if Klopp, say, or Pep were managing Spurs, would they be playing that way with Kane and with Bale and with um, Son and Dombele? And even now in Dombele, it seems to have been converted to a defensive midfielder. And he's amazing going forward. So... I don't understand what's gone in Jose's mind. And also defensively, personally, I think still Toby Alderweireld is the best defender we've got in the club. And I don't understand why he's been chopping and changing that back four. Every back four, going right back to Liverpool's great teams in the 70s, Cluffs, Nottingham Forest, you know, Liverpool last year. You know, they've all had regular back fours. Everyone knows, apart from Jose, it seems, that actually stability in a back four is absolutely vital. And I don't understand why Alderweireld, um, unless he's had some knock that I don't know about, has spent so much time on the bench or not even in the squad. It just doesn't make any sense. To me, he's as important for us as Harry Kane is. Mm. No, that's very true. And Dave, it's interesting because defensively, if if in the games we lost, it was working defensively, great. But it hasn't, and, and he hasn't moved things. And I know we played a lot of games. We played more games than anyone else this season, I think in all four divisions, because we had those Europa qualifiers. But uh, t- picking up what Jeff said there, at the back, uh, Alderweireld and Sanchez. Now, Sanchez uh, has had some poor games this season. We've all seen it. But, lo- but on Sunday... Those two were, there was the calmness 
of Alderweireld. Sanchez was diving. It was almost like Shays and Ledley King. There was a couple of like last minute blocks that was getting in, and they just seemed to. But that just seemed to instill confidence in everyone, didn't it, Dave? Yeah, I mean, that's what you need. Jose is always Jose has always played from the back. He's normally had top quality defenders weak build his side around. We had that defensive stability until December. And whatever has gone wrong since then, I, I don't know, none of us know, but Sunday's performance looked more like a solid defensive performance. Going forward, we looked frightening again. Some of that long ball passing was phenomenal. You know, the, the cane goal, the pass from Gareth Bale, it was, you know, subliminal. Um, it's frustrating because you can, I think with Sanchez, he's been a player that you, you've thought, Prospect, but he's been a good prospect for three or four years now, and now he needs to do that week in, week out. Yeah, he's only twenty. I think he's twenty-four. I think he's only twenty-four, which is they always say centre backs mature in their late twenties. So he's certainly got time on his side, isn't he? He has, but he's you know he's been at the club a few years now, and he needs to start becoming more dominant on the pitch, and you know cementing his place there as a first team regular and, a, and a, as a leader. As good as Toby is, Toby's getting to the end of his career, so we need that person who's going to continue afterwards. Yeah. I mean, Daniel, it's interesting. Do you think maybe there's something in the fact that when you look at the league table uh, and where we are, you know, it, it, it's going to be still tough to be top four. We're kind of in the, in the battle again for top six. Do you think maybe Jose's thought, I've kind of got nothing to lose now in the league. I might as well be a bit more expansive, take the handbrake off a bit and go for it. And and, and obviously, Daniel, we've got players there, as you, as you mentioned, that front three, front four, that boy can, can do it. So maybe he's kind of, you know, taking the handbrake off, hopefully now for the rest of the season. Listen, if we beat Fulham on Thursday night, we're three points behind, uh, behind fourth place. So, you know, there's plenty, plenty of points up for grabs to to, to coin a cliche. So um, nothing's over yet, that's for sure. You know, what's frustrating is the amount of games that we've drawn and lost that we shouldn't have done, as, you know, Jeff alluded to earlier on. When you knew something was just going to be coming around the corner, you know, we're going to let in a late goal, etc. And um, nothing's over yet. There's plenty of points left for us to win. And we've got the attacking players. And hopefully Jose's seen that by playing Gareth Bale, by playing Toby at the back, um, you've got Deli Alley who can come on and do a job. And you've got Lamella as well. You know, there's attacking players out there that can win football matches. And the games are there for us to win. You know, it's not really too tricky running, I don't think. Mm. No, you're right. Jeff, um, also touched on those players, he does like to chop and change. Bergwijn was like first of the team sheet. He's disappeared. Joe Rodon now has kind of disappeared. Lucas Moore has come back in, which maybe I think was surprised by sort of starting lineup. But we saw the good Lucas Moore on Sunday, a player who'll just run at players in dangerous areas. His goal again, the way he took that shot early was a tremendous goal. It's barely talked about, but maybe because of Bale's performance and Sanchez's performances there. But we do have other players apart from Kane and Son who can obviously do a lot of damage now. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, Daniel picks up on Deli Alley. You know, I think he's been really underused. Um, I don't know what's been his issue. Uh, over the last couple of years, but there's a good player in there. You know, he was absolutely outstanding against Wolfsburg. All right, I know the opposition isn't great. Um, Bergwijn, I just don't get at all. I don't know. I can't see how he's worth his place on the pitch, personally. 
Um, Lucas Moore, I want to love because of Amsterdam. But really, apart from a hat-trick against Huddersfield and the two goals he got up at Manchester United when we won 3-0 when Jose was in charge of Manchester United, he's been a major disappointment up until now. Um, for me, I think, yes, we've got you know those players that can come off the bench uh, and we've got Delhi And Dombele, I think, should be playing further up the pitch as well. Um, because I, you know, a lot of people don't like him, but I really rate Sissoko and I think him and Hoiberg as a central midfield pairing are fantastic. But going back to defence, I think Toby makes everyone alongside him look better. So if it's Sanchez and Dyer alongside each other, they look dire. If it's Rodon, who's a young kid, you can't have a go at him. He's only just come out of the championship. But you put any of our centre-halves alongside Toby, they all look much, much better. Toby, I just think, has this incredible... As Dave said, he's getting on a bit. But, you know, Italian defenders, we all know, used to wear their age like a badge on their shirts. When we played Juve in the Champions League... Yeah, Cellini and... uh, Oh, man, I was gutted that we lost that game, but I had nothing but absolute respect for Cellini. Buffon, the way they managed that game, you know, that's what older defenders can do, and that's what Toby does. I think he's such a massive influence and I just uh, I'd play him every single week if I was Jose I would. yeah I think I think most Spurs fans would agree with you Dave one player that uh, Jose said today should be fit certainly for the Palace game is uh, Giovanni Lo Celso maybe if he comes back in and plays his way in uh, maybe uh, it's funny Lo Celso I still don't know what kind of player Lo Celso is is he an Ericsson is he more of a defensive midfielder we haven't he hasn't because of injury he hasn't had a run of games where any Spurs fans can go right we know who it is but maybe there's a way of playing him Holbier and um and Dombele together in that kind of middle three possibly I think he's shown glimpses of you know he's a very very good player and I think he could be an excellent player for us but you say the injuries are holding him back getting that run out in the team, getting match fitness. Um, I'd like to think we'll come good for us and it can be a pivotal part. Eric Lamella, as much as I like him again, I don't think he's fulfilled his potential in that side. Um, Played well this week. I'm I'm his biggest critic, but I have to say the last couple of games, games, I thought Lamella did well. When Lamella doesn't give the ball away and run down blind alleys or hold on to the ball. You're going, pass, pass, but he canes in and he'll take one more touch. It's so infuriating. But when he gives when he gives and goes, I, I, I can't, I'd happily keep him in my squad. And I, I hands up, this week, I thought he played well. Yeah, I love him when he gets in as well. You know, I do like that about him. But again, it's consistency. For me, I, just, I, will, I will always love him because of the Battle of Stamford Bridge. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was absolutely amazing. And actually, both him and Gio, they have what my mates call, when I say, plenty of shithousery about them. And actually, you need players like that, you know, who just, you know, take people out and whatever. And Eric Lamella, somehow, he's so good at it, he's never been sent off in his career. How is that even possible? Incredible. <laughs> that, is, that is incredible. Daniel, you, you mentioned there at the top of the show, and, you know, so much has been written about Gareth Bell and on social media, the fans. Now, you know, it's a bit like Ndombele with that first season, all that. You've got, to, I don't, you know, he barely played at Real Madrid. He arrived at Tottenham with a, a knee injury, you know. Uh, and then when he did get in, he wasn't given a, any kind of run. And, and, and I don't know if you saw his interview after the game 
uh, the weekend, and he sort of said, "I kept my head uh, head down. I'm not an idiot. I like I know I know what sort of football punditry is all about. But there's no reason why we can't now see." The best of the new Gareth Bale. Definitely. And the, the, the amount of professionals that say they need to have a full pre-season and without a full pre-season, you just don't function as a player throughout that campaign. And you're right, he came in injured. He hadn't played for the best part of two years consistently. So he's not going to hit the ground running. That's just a fact. We know what he can do. We know what he can he can do now. You know, Gareth Bale, Mark two, And he's starting to show that. He's starting to show over the, over the last two, three, four games. And, you know, if he's given a run out, football's all about confidence. You, you can't come in for 10 minutes here and there and expect to set the world on fire. You do need a run of games. And just to go back on um, Deli Alley, I, I've got a thought on that. He's the sort of player that thrives off a crowd. And, you know, he loves the argy-bargy. We mentioned the Battle of Stamford Bridge. He likes having the crowd either on his back or behind him. And I, I think he's one of those players that have suffered since crowds haven't been in football stadiums. Yeah, no, it's a very, very good point. And also, Daniel, what, what I noticed about Gareth Bell's, I know it's only the Burnley game, he seemed to have a freer role. There was a bit you mentioned when he went past uh, one of their players deep on her own half. For the, uh, for the Kane goal, he was more on the left playing it for the, his first goal he was right up there with Kane it almost looks like Jose's gone just do what you want to do yeah you know he's passing the ball around he's swag you know that pass he hit for Kane you know it oh it's tremendous oh, that was hodlesque right you know that, yeah you know, yeah. that was a 60-yard ball to feet. Now, I genuinely believe if he scored that goal against West Ham in his first game he came on with eight minutes to go whatever with three nil up if he made that four nil he'd have been a different player it's very true. Jeff, also, let's talk about the Wolfsburg game. We we, we kind of thought, we, you know, we were, we were going to win it. Uh, we did it well. And, and, and obviously, Deli Alley's goal, overhead kick, tremendous, wasn't it? Oh, it's great. Um, look, Deli Alley, he's done far too much, far too much to just suddenly been written off. I mean, I found him very frustrating this last couple of years. And I've read, and I don't believe it for a minute, but I've read all these stories that he's addicted to sleeping pills and all this kind of crap. But I just think he's someone that needs an arm around him. And he, I think he's a confidence player. And also, I think Daniel's absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think playing in empty stadiums, you don't quite get that fire in the belly of him that you normally do. But he is. I was so pleased that we didn't loan him out to PSG. because I, I, I think that... We've still got an outstanding chance of finishing the top four. Our running's much easier. A lot of the other teams are playing each other, as you say. Leicester City are going down with all kinds of injuries. Liverpool's confidence is shot. Um, you know, I, I think that we, we just hang in there. I mean, I think this, I know every week's pivotal, as you said at the top of the programme, but we have to pick up six points from these two games against Fulham and Palace. We have to. There's, if we don't pick up six points, forget it. We've got to pick up six points. And that squad... With the amount of games that we've already played, as you picked up on, more games than any other team in, in Europe, we're going to need the Deli Alleys, we're going to need the Gareth Bales, we're going to need the Giovanni Lacelsos. And, and actually, I think with Lacelso back on Sunday, we're about the only team in that top 10 that don't have any injuries. So use the squad. Yeah. Very, very true. Well, let, let's talk about the games uh, coming up this week after this very short break. Thank you. 
And we're back for the break. Uh, don't forget for additional premium Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs update news show, uh, match reports, interviews, ex players, and much more. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Uh, as you know, this season, uh, we are in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Our next game is tomorrow night at Craven Cottage against Fulham. Uh, they're giving us some odds here. They're giving us 19 to 20. So slightly just off evens to win at Fulham. If you fancy first goals, Kane 3 to 1, Sun 7 to 2, Bale, we've obviously talked a lot about 11 to 2, all three to score. They're going to give you 18 to 1. Uh, to win by two or more, uh, 5 to 2. And uh, uh, Jeff mentioned their top four. They'll give you six to one, which I think is pretty good. Six to one to finish top four. And finally, with the Europa League, obviously we've got the draw. We're playing Dinamo Zagreb. Not a bad draw on paper in the last 16. We're now second favourites behind Man United to lift the European trophy. Seven to two. Second uh, favourites. Um, David, what, what do you think? Uh, those odds, I don't know if you're a betting man, those odds there for sort of... Just off evens of Fulham's probably about right, isn't it? I'm not a betting man, so it, it, it goes beyond me. But I think I'm really we should win. We should be favourites for that one, and we definitely need to win it. So evens, I would assume, is uh, I say I'm not a betting man, so that's kind of above my my remit. Fair enough, Daniel. Do you like a flutter? I don't think I'm allowed to. I work for a football. I, I was about to say you're probably not allowed to, are you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine commentating? You're, you're commentating. You've had Kane first goal. Yes! As much as I'd like to be able to influence things, yeah, no chance. But no, I, I don't think I'm allowed to bet. That's one thing we're not allowed to do. So Fair enough. But I think the fact that they've got Kane three to one, Sun seven. To, I mean, this season I've kind of done a lot of Kane to score any time, Sun to score any time. I had more to score against Burnley, against Wolfsburg. I think I had Lamella to get booked. So was it the well, I wish he did. Uh, kind of, I've done quite. I think I've done pretty. I think, I think I'm up this season, which is quite nice. Now, obviously, Jeff, we've got Fulham tomorrow night, six pm kickoff. You mentioned the sort of games we threw away. Fulham at home was kind of one of those games. We were goal up, and then we did that sitting back, sitting back, and again for memory, it was one of those typical goals whipped in cross. Someone got to the header first, I think, for memory. I mean, Fulham. I mean, it's a book. I mean, one good thing with the Fulham game tomorrow, it's an absolute must win for them. So you think that they'll have to be a bit more expansive than maybe they're used to, Fulham, to get the three points. When you look where they are in the league, they need to start winning games, uh, which hopefully will we'll play into our hands. And we, we've got a half decent record there at Craven Cottage. Yeah, we have. Um, but I think Fulham are in a bit of a false position. Whenever I've seen them, I think they look better than the team uh, where they are. I mean, I, I, you can criticise Jose, as I did, about the way we played against Fulham. But actually, I think Paul Parker's got them playing. But if I was Jose... Scott Parker. I, Scott Parker, sorry. But um, if I was Jose, I'd be thinking, you know, those Fulham defenders, when they get out into the pitch and the Spurs players come out the tunnel and you've got Kane and you've got Sun, and you've got Bale, if Bale can make it, and you've got Ndombele, and then you've got Hoiberg, who's a warrior, Lamella, who's, you know, going to give you a kick in, given the chance. And then you look at, you know, the back, you know, Hugo, who, you know, I think has been terrific this season for most of the time. You know, I, I'd be thinking, 
let's just play a few mind games and let them think about what we're... Let's not worry about Fulham. Let's get out there, play to our strengths, which is attacking football. Because if we go, if we go for it tomorrow, I'm certain we'll beat Fulham. I'm completely certain. What worries me still slightly because of Jose's mentality is that he will try to play that defensive block and just like hit them on the break. And we're not going to get anywhere doing that. We've we've got to go for it from the start, like we did against Burnley, in my opinion. Daniel, it's quite. From, I mean, I don't know if you've commentated today. It's it's quite a small pitch there. Maybe that's because it's the crowd's kind of on top of you, but. If there's no injury worries, surely he's just got to start with the same team that dismantled Burnley. Would you tinkle with it at all? Well, I know. Uh, Jeff said it earlier on. Consistency is key. You need players to play alongside the same players week in, week out to maintain consistency, to build confidence and to, you know, to get an understanding of what they're all all about. And you're not going to get that when you keep tinkering every week. So, yeah, I would play the same team. And as you said, you just got to go for it. And, you know, you've got to have that sense of arrogance. You know, you've got to think they're more worried about who's on our team sheet than we are about who's on theirs. And, you know, again, Jeff said it earlier on, you know, you've got, you've got Bale, you've got Kane, you've got Son, you've got the World Cup winning captain in goal, you've got um, Toby at the back, you know, it's all about us. It's not about them. It's that mindset. It's that winning mentality. I was hoping Jose could instill that in that set of players. Mm, you're quite right. Uh, Dave, give us a quick score prediction for tomorrow night. What do you reckon? 2-0 Spurs. 2-0? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's why I thought. Daniel, give us a quick score prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 as well. Yeah. Jeff? Uh, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0. I'll go 3-1. I think if Jose goes for it, I think if Jose goes for it, we can score three goals there. My worry is that he sits back and then we find ourselves a goal down and then we've got Fulham putting 10 men behind the ball and it's that long balls into the box and all that kind of thing. I just hope that we go for it right from the word go. Because an early goal tomorrow would be absolutely crucial. But my point is, Jeff, the reason I don't understand why does a setback we can't do it. We've shown, for whatever reason, week in, week out, we can't do it. We've tried on many games to sit back, soak it up. There's been individual errors, whatever they are, it doesn't work. And then you look at what we've got going forward. We don't need to do it. We don't need to do it. And that brings me back to the Manchester United game. You know, 6-1 in their own backyard. And we could have had eight or nine. I mean, we were absolutely amazing. Southampton, now I know Ruth, you know, Hasenhutl is, is this odd one because he constantly played that high line, even when we were 4-1 up, and I couldn't understand what he was doing at all. But, you know, the quality of our play and the quality against, you know, I remember, the, again, I go back to the Palace game. We're defending, defending, defending. Palace pull one back with, what was it, 11 minutes to go. And then we start playing the way that we can and we could have had three in that last 10 minutes. It's like, why are you playing like that for the last 10? Play like it for 90 or at least till you're 4-0 up. Yeah, and that's the lovely thing, Daniel, about going back to the Burnley game. You know, we got the one goal. We didn't think, oh, we're one and up. Was it three? Were we three up after half an hour? We just kept going. And I mean, obviously, let's talk about Palace. Then we've got Palace Sunday night game, a weird kickoff time. Sunday night, I think it's 7.15, Palace was another game, very frustrating. Goal, go a goal up there, sat back, sat back, as as Jeff then said, one all. Then we went for it. Out of the two games, I think on paper that will be the tougher game, won't it? Listen, don't underestimate Fulham. 
you know, they, they put out some decent performances over the last couple of weeks and you know, they're starting to get a few results together as well. And, you know, great respect for Scott Parker. I hope Fulham survive. I really do, but not uh, not this week, obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Dave, your, your thoughts, uh, Palace, quick score prediction for the Palace game? I think that'll be a lot tighter, 1-0, maybe 2-1. It depends if Sahar's back. Trust me now, Sahar will return for the Tottenham game, without without a doubt. It's keeping him quiet because he makes him tick. But I think we'll get a win, but it'll be very, very close. Yeah, they're a tough team away, uh, Palace. They do get good results against the big teams. Jeff, quick score prediction against for Pal- the Palace game on Sunday. I don't think they'll cause us too many problems um, going forward. Uh, I think we'll win that 2-0. In fact, I've, I'm more concerned about the Fulham game tomorrow than I am about Palace, to be honest with you. Yeah, I am. I'll go 2-1 against Palace. I think... For some reason, I just think that there will be a tougher game at home. Daniel, prediction for the Palace game? I think the, um, the, the game against Fulham is going to be tougher. Um, I'm in 2-0 Fulham. I'm going 3-0 Palace. Fair enough. And uh, and, and obviously, uh, um, since last week's show, the draw for the last 16 in the Europa uh, League uh, was, was made. We got Z- Dinamo Zagreb. And again, going to the bookies, kind of on, pay- on, uh, on odds, they're the kind of third weakest team there behind Mulder and Young Boys. Uh, does anyone know? We, we played Zagreb before, haven't we? Didn't we play them a few years ago, Daniel, from memory? I think we have. Uh, yeah, I can't remember when, but we have played them in recent past. Obviously, Luka Modric came from there. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous, this rule. I don't know if anyone out there knows it was announced today. Obviously, the second leg was going to be back at the lane. They've now swapped it. So the first leg is now at home. Uh, because Arsenal are playing Olympiacos the same night. It makes no sense to me because no one's travelling to the game. It's different you've got Tottenham and Arsenal at King's Cross Tube Station going to the games. It's just UEFA madness. But in saying that, we have then got Arsenal a few days later in the North London derby. So Woolwich now have to travel to uh, Greece a few days before they come back to play us. So maybe, maybe that'll work in our favour. Uh, Dave, do you, think that, do you think we should get through that time pretty well unscathed I think so yeah um, it, it should be straightforward well it's never because Tottenham is never straightforward yeah but no I, I think we should get through that one and Jose I think go all out for that trophy like Aaron Ben got a hat-trick against them in 2008 they, I knew we played them bloody hell that's a cue at egg Darren Ben hat-trick wow blimey Bloody hell. There we are. I had a feeling we'd play in 2008. Well, it was a lot, 12, 13 years ago. Fair enough. Jeff, what, what do you think? We should get past them pretty easy, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think we'll get past them. Yeah, I think so. I think Jose, as Dave said, yeah, I, I think he's already got this uh, trophy in the crosshairs. Um, if we're going to fall away from anything, I think it'll probably be trying to go for top four. I think he will throw. If we were to pick up. I don't know, one point from the next two matches, I think he'll just completely bin the league and he'll just concentrate <laughs> on this. I think he will. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, as Daniel said, you know, one win, we're just behind fourth. We've got a better run in. All the players fit now. I think if he just kind of, uh, you know, rotates when he has to, as opposed to just for the sake of it, then, you know, I know last week we were all miserable, but, you know, we, we it's all about that front four. Get that front four purring. And, and, and putting those chances away. If Pep Guardiola had Kane and Dombele, Son and Bale at his disposal at Manchester City, they'd all play. They'd all play. It's as simple as that. 
They would do. It's very true. Uh, right, bits of business here. Uh, next week, we've got on the show Martin Coke, the author and co-chair of the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. And then we've got daughter and father team Rosa Aronovich and David Aronovich uh, back on the show. Uh, just to mention, because uh, it's a, a vocal deal, Graham Roberts, uh, our ex-defender uh, uh, on Twitter, is uh, doing some really, really lovely signed uh, framed photos for his charity out in the Argyle, Algarve. Uh, if I mean the, the, the iconic picture of the '84, there we, Daniel's putting it up now. You got it. That exact picture, wheeling away after scoring the goal against Andernet, personally signed and framed. He's doing it for fifty quid, and that's a sixteen times twelve inch big picture. So go to uh, Graham Roberts Four on Twitter. Send him a DM. Uh, and for 50 quid, he'll personally sign these pictures, frame it and post it to you. I think the post is the tenner and the money goes to charity. Uh, mention the Spurs show as well. Uh, and uh, well, well worth it. Some lovely pictures. There's one of him holding the UEFA Cup, but the one of him wheeling away that Daniel's just shown us is... Uh, uh, be, be lovely, be lovely in anyone's living room. I remember that night like it was yesterday. I was on the shelf. <laughs> I was certain it was about to collapse because it used to vibrate up there. And when Robert scored that goal, I mean, it was like it was. Everyone was ecstatic. And then for a second, it was like, "Hang on, the stand's going to fall over." It was unbelievable. <laughs> that that was such a night because I mean, I was at eighty four. I was about seventeen years old. And you know, it just shows you sort of the the, the the innocence of youth. Going there, I didn't have an inkling that we might lose this game. It was a question of which one are we going to win? And when that goal, when they scored, it, I'd never heard silence at the lane. It was absolute silence. Like what? What do you mean? What, they're allowed to score? And then, if you remember, we had so many players out, first-team players out, and we bombarded that goal. And just before, was it Ardiles whacked the bar from like three yards out? Just how did he miss it? And then I think it was Mickey Hazard whipped it in, and he's stuck. It's one of my favourite goals at the lane, that uh, Roberts goal. It was just everything about it, just getting in there. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you're talking about that. I remember my dad took me to White Hart Lane for the first time ever for the Crystal Palace FA Cup game in 1970. Nil-nil. It was only time I saw Jimmy Greaves score. And I must have gone 14, 15 games, saw Spurs win every single one of them. And we played Newcastle and Wynn Davis put them 1-0 up. And then John Tudor put them 2 up. And I looked at my dad and went, are they just going to stop the match now? This is ridiculous. This stuff happened. It's like... <laughs> Mike, the Anderlecht game, there's a couple of interesting links with latter-day Tottenham as well. Um, obviously, the captain for Anderlecht that night in the second leg only was Frank Arneson. And um, obviously, the winning penalty, as it were, was missed by Arnold Gajonson, the father of Idol. Wow. For us. Incredible. That is, that is incredible. Uh, Jeff, while, Jeff, while I've got you here, uh, obviously, what, what's the latest of the 100 Club? Obviously, due to COVID, uh, you really suffered. Could you give everyone who, who loves your venue uh, some updates? Uh, to be honest with you, Mark, I don't really know much more than anybody else. Um, I, I've... I believe that the dates that the government announced uh, to get the this sector up and running are uh, they're dates that the government are serious about. Um, so I think we're likely to be able to open with social distancing from May. Um, 
Whether we'll be able to open um, with full capacity from the 27th of June, I doubt very much. And the reason I doubt that is because the cultural relief fund that we got from the government, which was supposed to have been done and dusted and spent by the 31st of March, they've now extended it through until June, which makes me think that they really don't think that uh, the hospitality sector is going to open without some sort of restrictions. So we're at the moment testing something called pathogen reduction system, which goes into our um, air conditioning, which it's this technology which uh, is already exists in water, but it's used with gases and it eradicates, it eradicates all um, viruses completely. So we will have a COVID free environment in the club when that's installed. Um, the only thing is then you've got people in government going, well, how do you get people safely to and from your venue? And of course, we can't answer that. All we can do is say, well, when they're here, it's going to be uh, safe. And then the other thing that will happen, uh, certainly initially, will be that people will have to buy a, like a health ticket. So if you buy a, a ticket for a gig, and we're going to probably put some gigs on for free, uh, just to, while, while we see how this test works, People will go to um, a centre to get a quick test. It turns it around in 20 minutes. They'll download an app onto their phone. And when they're on their way to the club, the app will tell them whether they've got COVID or not. And if they've got a negative um, test, they'll be allowed in. If it's positive, they'll be told, sorry, you'll have to come back another time. So I think all these things are going to... And I think, you know, the same thing's going to happen with flights, you know, this summer, if we're allowed to go on holiday... I think we're a, a, a still a little bit away yet before we can have the good old days that me and Dave have enjoyed for years and years down there where the place is absolutely packed. But I think the vaccine rollout is definitely um, a, a cause for optimism. And I'm hoping that, you know, September, October, even though we're probably not allowed to have 320 people in there, we may be allowed to have 200, something like that. That's my take on it, but I could, I could well be wrong. I'm just guessing. Yeah, well, fair enough. Well, anyway, just uh, everyone just keep an eye on the 100 Club website and as soon as they can start announcing gigs again and tickets, go there and get down and support the venue. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Here's to six points uh, this week. Jeff, lovely to see you again. Thank you so much for coming on. Dave, lovely to see you again. And Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll be here again next week. Until then, come on, you Spurs. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.